Hello, my spooky friends. Yes, it's another interesting episode because this is part three of a trilogy. So if you've listened to the last two uh, two weeks of shows, you'll know that we've been talking about St. Breville's Castle and we talked about the East Tower and the West Tower. Now I'm going to talk about the rest of the building. And what I thought I'd actually do is get hold of the book, which is St. Breville's Castle, the most haunted building in the world, uh, written by myself a long time ago. And I'll tell you some of the stories from that book. But you can get this book for free by becoming a Patreon supporter. And there's a certain level where you'll get given a book every month, PDF books that we've written as the Paranormal Tourists. And you get those completely for free, sent to you once a month. And this is one of those books. So what I'm going to do is talk about the rest of the castle that we haven't spoken about just yet. And I'm going to read a couple of bits out of uh, that book. So if you're reading the book, it's chapter eight. And we're talking about the Great Hall. Now, the Great Hall is actually part of the oldest part of the building, even built before the keep. And it's unbelievably haunted. It's been split up into several rooms now. So I'm going to stop talking like this and I'll just go straight into the actual book. Now, chapter eight, the Great Hall, the State Apartments, the Corridor and Isabel's Room. Many, many footsteps. There are more footsteps to be heard in the Great Hall. This part of the building is now split into several rooms with the State Apartments, Isabel's Room, the Long Corridor and a small staff room that is used when staff members have to sleep over. This is one of the oldest parts of the castle and has a couple of stories attached to it. If you're lucky enough to be staying in the State Apartments, you may be in for an interesting night. Recently, this has been one of the most paranormally active rooms in the castle. You can often be sat in this room and hear footsteps walk across the room and sometimes you hear the sound of curtains being drawn back even when they're already open. The best bed from a paranormal investigator's point of view is the one directly on your left as you walk through the door. There have been many reports from people who have slept in this bed and they all seem to say the same thing. They, they are kept awake by something pacing around the bed. A colleague of mine was sleeping in that bed and I was in the bed nearest the window. I had a great night's sleep, whereas he had not. I assumed to start with that this was due to my extremely loud snoring keeping him awake. He, however, informed me that my snoring was the least of his troubles. He looked rather shaken, so I asked him if he was all right. I am never staying here again, said the short and rather to the point reply. I later learned that the footsteps had kept him awake all night. He didn't tell me at the time as he was rather shaken by the experience. Not that I would have heard a thing as he was using the universal protection against ghosts, that being a duvet pulled up around your shoulders so that only your eyes are poking out. Ghosts may be able to walk through walls, but we all know that nothing can get through a duvet. The footsteps in the room are not your only concern, however. The footsteps carry on in the corridor, and here they're slightly more annoying, for the ghost also scratches on the door and the walls, and sometimes bangs on the walls as well. Guests have been known to complain about the behaviour of other people staying in the castle, complaining about the walls being knocked on and footsteps outside their room all night. The look on their faces is often very interesting and bemused when we tell them they're actually the only people in the castle. The Woman and Girl in White The source of the footsteps and knocking may be that of a figure in white. She's often described as a young woman or girl. She's more often seen in the chapel end of the corridor than the tower end. 
This figure has been seen by castle staff as well as guests, and my favourite story about this ghost concerns a member of staff by the name of Neil. One night, there was a large school group in the castle, and Neil was staying in the overnight staff room, the door next to Isabel's room. He decided to go to bed around 11pm, and as he walked into the corridor, he saw a girl wearing what looked like a long nightgown. He turned to the girl, assuming that she was staying in the state apartments, and told her she should be in bed by now. Before he managed to finish his sentence, the girl turned and walked through the wall. At this point, he found that sleep is very hard to do when you have so much fear-induced adrenaline pumping through your entire body. She is possibly the source of the footsteps in the state apartments, and possibly the same figure that's seen walking from the door area across to the windows. The problem with this hypothesis is that the figure is often a dark shadow walking across the room, yet the girl is often a white misty figure, or when she appears like a solid real person, she is dressed in white. The Violins a lot of the older stories in this book were given to us by previous cleaners and staff at the castle. One such member of staff was a wealth of information, and she told me that she would go into the state apartments to clean and be met with violin music that then faded out. At the time, there was a string quartet that used to rehearse in the castle, so she would assume it was them until she opened the door and there was no one there. Angry Arguments one interesting reoccurring phenomena is that of an argument that happens. It is heard in the corridor near the chapel end, though it's heard outside the toilet directly below here next to the refectory. We have occasionally managed to capture rather muffled versions of this argument on tape, but it's never clear enough to make out any words. Lights and mist. In the state apartment, there are often bowls. Well, that's bowls of light, seen giving off a blue or white colour. The Woman on the Battlements As my part of my experience of ghost hunting in this castle, I get to go along to many other groups who are doing their investigations, as this is one of my most popular ghost hunting venues in the country. One group told me of a story that I do not think that was out there in the public domain, and that is about a white female figure that is seen above the state apartments. Sometimes this figure is seen through the glass section of the roof if you're in that room. The legend has it that the figure is a mistress of King John, pining for his return. She was supposedly so distraught that she threw herself from the roof into the moat and drowned. It's reported that the ghost has been seen with another figure pushing her off the battlements, quite possibly getting rid of uh, a minor royal problem. Phantom Pillow Flinging I normally only note down things that happen more than once. But this incident was so good, I thought I'd actually include this one and tell you about it. It actually does relate to some other phenomena, so I think we can get away with it. One ghost hunting group were in the state apartments and were encouraging ghosts to appear and do something. They suddenly felt rather scared and decided to leave the room. Arriving into the corridor, they realised they were being silly, and why leave if you're scared? They were, after all, there to try and see a ghost. So they turned back around to open the door that they had just closed. There was a problem, as the door would not open. After a great deal of shoving, they managed to open it a small amount and saw that a pillow had been taken from the top bunk of the nearest bed and forced under the door, making it impossible to open. 
Other people have told tales of how their pillows were being removed from under their head whilst they were lying on it, and a friend of mine complained of having a pillow thrown at him in the night. Though we think this may have been due to his excessive snoring and an angry, tired ghost hunter. Don't touch me. Whilst ghost hunting, several people have reported being touched by unseen hands while sat in the middle of the room. One ghost hunter said it felt as though someone had placed the palm of their hand on the top of his head. Now, those are all the stories I put into the book that was now 10 years old, and we have a load more stories for the re-release of this book, and that'll be coming out very, very soon. But more importantly, you'll get that for free if you are a Patreon supporter. Now, that was just the one room. That was the state apartment. And if you are a large group of ghost hunters, I think you can still get about 10 people into that room. It's a nice big room. And lots of groups will come along and they'll want to stay in that room. So it frees up a lot of the other rooms. So we've got, say, 20 ghost hunters there. All of them are sleeping in the one room, so they can head out and examine all the other empty rooms. And as I said, we're going to be heading there in January 2022 from the 3rd, 4th, 5th and 6th of January. And you can come and join us. You can pay £100 and go ghost hunting for four nights with bed and breakfast in a haunted castle. If you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on Facebook, The Paranormal Tourist, and send us a message directly on that one. You can get us on Twitter, at Paratourists, and you can support us as well on Patreon as The Paranormal Tourists. And if you do, you'll get that book for free. Now, that's just one of the rooms. Now, if you've been listening to the last couple of weeks, you know we've talked about the rooms in the East Tower, we've talked about the rooms in the West Tower, this is the remainder of the castle, and that's just one of the rooms, and I'm going to go into chapter 9 from that book, and I'm going to talk about King John's Lounge, sometimes known as the Solar Room. This was because there are windows in every uh, wall, which meant you got sunlight coming through at all times of the day. This was highly unusual um, due to the fact that glass was very, very expensive. So if you had a solar room, this was probably a place where the king was likely to have slept because it's the poshest room in the building. Now, when we say King John's hunting lodge in reference to this castle, it was even claimed that it's, it's his favourite hunting lodge. But there's only records of him being here for 11 days in total, I think. So... When we say his favourite, it's not exactly a fantastic record to have had. He may have been here more, but that officially we've only got those on record. So let's talk about King John's Lounge. And it's got one of some of the most famous ghost stories that you'll find on the internet anyway. Um, so we'll start off with Chapter 9, The Main Castle, King John's Lounge. The Crying Child. One story you can find quite easily on the internet is that of a crying child. Rather unsurprisingly, this is also one of the stories that the mediums come up with again and again. They seem to miss out all the stories that happen the most and somehow always manage to come up with the ones that feature heavily on the internet. One way of catching out the fake mediums is the crying baby. They always say that it is in this room, and yes it is in this room, but it happens in various other rooms as well. The reason it's linked predominantly to this one is due to a rather gruesome discovery. When renovating the ceiling above the fireplace, a body of a child was found wrapped up and placed into the ceiling. 
Since the discovery of the body, the crying ghost has quietened down quite a great deal, and there is also one massive problem with this ghost. For those of you who live in the country or fairly rural areas, you'll be used to hedgehogs and foxes. Many times police are called out to find a child that's been abandoned in the woods, and they know full well it's likely to be the sound of a hedgehog or a fox, and they can sound remarkably similar to babies crying. I know for a fact that we have some very fat and healthy hedgehogs wandering around the grounds, as well as our fair share of uh, foxes in the forest. The floaters. Uh, yes, we have more bowls here. That's balls of light. Floating lights seem to congregate around the main door area here and tend to be a yellowy-orange colour. People get very excited about these things when they think they've captured them on camera. Most of the time, what they've photographed is dust too close to the lens. You have to realise these orbs, or bowls, can be seen with the naked eye and are not just on night vision cameras. If you can see a glowing light and then you manage to photograph it, I would love to see a copy of the photo as these are much more impressive than the multitude of photos of dust and insects that I get sent from people claiming they're on some form of spirit manifestation quest. Red Roger one story you might find on the internet is that of a spirit called Red Roger, so called because apparently he has red hair. I was told this by a few very expensive commercial ghost hunting groups. The only problem I have is that no one has seen this entity and they claim that he manifests as a dark shadow or by appearing as lights. And this leads me to the question, how do they know he has red hair? With all that said, uh, we do have a dark figure in the room, although it's not so much a figure as a darkness that spreads across the room and has been photographed at times. The figure aspect of this apparition tends to be more near the fire exit, but it's rarely seen in the human-type shape. Now, there have been a lot more sightings and a lot more experiences in the King John's Lounge, and I've talked about them on various episodes of our podcast and in various other books as well. But... Um, we're going to move on because I'm we're running out of time and I really want to get past St. Breville's and onto our normal ghost hunting show, which will be next week's episode. So I'm going to give you one more chapter, which is from the main castle, and that's all about the chapel. So chapter 10, the main castle, the chapel. One of the castle staff who claims he only really took on the job after experiencing the ghosts firsthand gives us an excellent story about a regular haunting that he witnessed. I do need to explain a few things about ghost hunting nights first. Many ghost nights, they, they turn up and do weird things like Ouija board seances and strange vigils to try and communicate with spirits. And I join in with these. It's a lot of fun. Personally, I don't believe any of these things actually work in the way that people think they work. And in reality, you're only communicating with your subconscious. That is why the Ouija board was developed as a method of subconscious communication rather than to communicate with dead people. So keeping this in mind, many staff have seen many seances using boards and other methods here and heard many names supposedly being communicated with. So without further ado, and in the member of staff's own words, here is an account of a haunting uh, in the chapel. It all started in the chapel one day. And I'm presuming that it is the people that came along through a Ouija board that came through in June 2010. One called Elizabeth, aged eight, and the other five or six, but can't remember her name. They came through and were talking about the years they died. I ignored these stories and supposed facts as it was from a Ouija board, so it could have been people pushing a glass around and fooling themselves. So as usual, 
I thought it could be real or it could be gibberish, but a month later I came here working permanently and we were doing a tour of the castle for a small group and we did the tour in the evening, not the morning. We were up in the guard room, telling them a few spooky stories about the guard and the hanging room and we were explaining about the things that we'd seen and experienced. Then we heard footsteps running up the stairs and we all turned around expecting someone to walk in through the door, but the footsteps came into the room without the door opening. We heard giggling and playing and it sounded like they were running around me and where I was standing. It was wearing, there was a man wearing a t-shirt and it kept feeling like something hot brushing on their skin and he could all hear them giggling, and then after 30 seconds, it just stopped. The next time was about almost two weeks later, and I came in one morning at seven, and the hostel was closed, and I had just come in to receive a delivery, so there was not anyone in the building at all. I was looking after the castle, and at 7.15 I heard a female voice, so I thought it was the manager, as it was an English accent and female. I was not expecting her to be there at the time, and thought it was a bit early, when I stuck my head out of the kitchen door, and there was no one there so I was confused at who had called my name, but then I heard my name again, but this time it came from the top of the stairs and I heard giggling. Then, near the fire door at the top of the stairs, I could hear giggling from the chapel. As soon as I walked in, it stopped again. I realised it must have been something paranormal happening, and the third time was a few weeks later. Again, we were closed, so I came in around Sunday night. I was standing in the kitchen pulling things from the fridge and I heard the same voice calling my name and when I came out again into the corridor there was no one there. But the events repeated the same as the previous time. By that point I wasn't scared. I said, hello girls, are you playing? Are you up today? Another time Sue, a member of staff, has heard them calling out my name even though I was not in the building. Perhaps this member of staff gets some great results as he finds it perfectly normal to chat to the ghosts as though they are there. He even brought in some toys for the ghosts as an experiment to see if they moved them. This is not as weird as it sounds as it's a standard parapsychological experiment. I've seen evidence and heard witnesses say the toys have been moved when no one is near them or they're in the locked rooms. One medium, who had no idea about the toys, claimed to see a young girl telling her that this member of staff had her toys locked up in the staff bedroom. This was impressive for several reasons, as the medium did not know about the toys and also did not know that the toys were kept in a locked room. The medium gave descriptions and said where they were, and even accurately drew the toys. This is one of the very few times I've seen any medium in the castle do something that cannot be explained with conventional methodology. Well folks, that's a handful of the stories. That's in one of the books that you can get for free as a Patreon supporter. And that's the old book about the castle, and there's going to be a new book, and we're currently in the middle of writing it. There's a lot of stories going into that one. But also, more importantly, you can come and add your stories by joining us for a ghost hunt in January. That's January the 3rd, 4th, 5th, and 6th. You can come along for one night. It'll cost you £35 for bed and breakfast. Don't get too excited. <laughs> it is a youth hostel after all, so it's not, it's not luxury, let's put it that way. But it is lovely lovely place to be uh actually ghost hunting for the night and you get to sleep in um lovely clean comfortable beds in the haunted bedrooms and then join us in the morning for a little light breakfast before heading off by 10 o'clock the next day or if you're really brave you can pay 100 pounds and come and sleep there for four nights we're going to be recording some um, shows as well so you can come and join us and be our ghost gimps for the <laughs> few days we're there and we're going to be doing lots of experiments 
and weird Ouija board seances, all that kind of thing, and ghost hunting for four nights in the most haunted building in the universe. I might even bring along my ukulele. Uh, <laughs> we could play the theme tune live. Oh, speaking of theme tunes, that sounds like a theme tune to me, which means it must be time for me to say, well, keep safe, keep sane, keep spook spotting, and goodbye.